Hey guys, check out Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp, a fully updated second edition, reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. To pick up a copy today, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to The Next Generation. I'm Victoria Cecce. Join me as we chat with young Italian wine people shaking up the wine scene. We're going to geek out on a grape or grape fam, then hear about all the wild wine things our guests have been up to, from vineyard experiments to their favorite wine bars. Hello, welcome back. You're tuning into The Next Generation, if you didn't know what you were listening to, but I assume you have control over your... SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever platform you're using right now. (laughs) Hope you're doing swell. I'm doing fabulously because we have a lovely, lovely, lovely guest coming on shortly. Uh, Jess, she is a VIA student and also a fellow ambassador of Orvieto with me. So it's nice to catch up with somebody, a friend that you share similar passions with. One being mostly bubbles, sparkling wine. But before we get into that lovely chat with Jess, we are going to go to our book, the Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0 book with all the juiciest details about Italian grapes, if you didn't know already. And I mean, if you've been listening to my podcast, maybe you have the book. You should get the book, actually. It's, It's really great. It's taught me a lot. And I'm hopefully teaching you some things. Okay. Cool. So we're returning to the Vernaccia group because I was going through Vernaccia and I think we took a little detour away from Vernaccia. I'm going back to hit on the third main grape in the Vernaccia group of grapes, and that is Vernaccia Nera. And it's probably the least known of the Vernaccia grapes. It is, I would, I would assume, just being that Vernaccia di San Gimignano is pretty well established, uh, along with Vernaccia di Oristano in Sardinia. So, going to Vernaccia Nera. Now, can you take a guess where you would find Vernaccia Nera? Don't worry if you can't guess. I wanted to give that pause. Maybe you can get a little creative for a minute. So, it is found in Umbria and Le Marche. And this red Vernaccia, so remember, the other Vernaccia varieties are white. This is red. So, the one red Vernaccia variety. It has been famous throughout the past few centuries, even though there's very little of it planted today. So it used to be famous. It used to be a little movie star. Not sure what happened. It's an aromatic red, and it is responsible for the unique wine Vernaccia di Sera Petrona, DOCG, which is a bottle-fermented sparkling wine. <laughs> you knew I was getting somewhere. Sparkling wine that must be made with at least 40% air-dried grapes. So, similar to fuller-bodied Lambrusco, Vernaccia di Sera Petrona wines show beautiful floral aromas, such as rose and violet, as well as deep cherry notes on the nose and palate. Hmm, that sounds quite seductive. Takes well to air drying, sweet pasito styles are also made. So we have different styles of this sparkling Vernaccia Nera, uh, and Sera Petrona DOC turns out equally rich in non-sparkling versions. So, Vernaccia Nera, sparkling, and non-sparkling, but most famously, sparkling. And 
that is going to lead us, because clearly I need to let somebody else speak now, getting it back. We're going to have Jess on the podcast. Let's go. And welcome, Jess, to the Next Generation podcast. How are you doing today? Thanks, Victoria. I'm doing great. Doing good? Doing good. Feeling good? Good Sam, It's creeping up. It's, it's looming. It's tomorrow. I know. Crazy how these days have just flown by. It's been a whirlwind for sure. I cannot imagine that. It, it's March. And it's going to be April in like five days. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like looked at the calendar and was like, huh. Okay. Oh, goodness. Okay. Great. Great. Yeah, and by the time people actually listen to this, it'll be probably, I don't know when this podcast will air, but it will definitely not be March. And it might not be April. It could be May. And I don't even want to think that far, so honestly, I'm going to stop before. <laughs> into the future. Into the future. Two into the future. Yeah. Anyway, so you're here for Via. It's your first time in Verona. First time in Verona, yeah. How are yeah. You, I know you haven't had much time because you're studying in class, but like, any thoughts on Verona? The city is so pretty. Um, the the old district in particular finally got to go down there. Well, with you as well mm-hmm. as last night with uh, with a friend, and everybody's so friendly. Um, the Italian people in general have always been very hospitable when I've been visiting, and this is certainly no exception. Yes, there. The, Verona is just a sweet, sweet. I wouldn't say little. I feel like it's little in comparison, like a big city, but it's like mm-hmm. a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of like a bigger village in the sense, in like, it's. A city, but it it's kind of has this like small little coziness. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. it's super lovely. Yeah. So, have you been studying? Maybe not as much as I should be. Um, I applied to via on the later side, like in the middle of February, and so I didn't really give myself a lot of time to prepare before coming here. Um, and life got in the way and everything else. I've just been trying to absorb what I can. That is fair. Life does get in the way. Actually, when I did VIA, and I failed, by the way, because I won't <laughs> lie about that. Everyone can stop listening to me now because I have no credentials. Just kidding. Um, I'll take the test again. That's exactly what happened with me. Yeah. Like my, I underestimated how much I had to study. And then like I had a, a lot going on yeah. and I was just like, OK, like I'll like, you know, do the little thing and like figure it out. And then, I mean, the exam is I mean, the, the course is fantastic and it's so detailed and everything, but you really need to give your heart and soul. Yes. And I think it's worth it, but I think, like, that's why people come back and redo it or do it again is because it's such a fantastic experience, but then you really, your brain needs to be, like, you got to kind of slap the book against your head a few times. And, like, I've carried these books to Antigua on vacation, and I've carried them to Scotland on vacation, and I've carried them around Nashville at home, um, but I have not actually read them all the way through. So osmosis was not enough. <laughs> well, at least you're a world traveler. Jess is the traveler. She's always somewhere. And it's like beautiful. She's like on a beach. And then all of a sudden she's in a whiskey uh, distillery scooping up m- m- mash and like barley, barley, barley. malting, ma- barley, malting, bar- yes, good stuff. Mal- wait, is it not? Isn't the mash? Oh, the mash is the thing in the. I'm, so after the barley malts, after yes. it sprouts, after it germinates, yes. then you put it with some hot water. You grind it first, mm-hmm. um, and then you put it in some hot water, and that extracts the sugars that you can then ferment into beer. Okay. But isn't that like when you do add the water and it becomes that, that kind of like blue mash? The yes. mash. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Because yes, yes, yes. I was like, 
I didn't make that word no, up. You it's not that old no. TV show that my parents tried no. to get me to watch. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. We're not in the Korean War. We're not in um, the Korean But we are in a mashtag. We um, are in the Italian wine podcast bunker right now, though. We are, yes. Very yeah, much is. Wine, 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 do you enjoy it? <laughs> it's cozy. It's very cozy. It's cozy. Yeah. It feels, I like it, actually. I was a little scared at first, and then I was like, I actually, it's not, because I'm a little claustrophobic, not tiny. You have a nice window. Yeah, actually. You can see the world. Well, I mean. The Vintage World. You can just spy yeah. on everyone. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Maybe. No judgments. Uh, yeah. So, a little birdie told me that you don't have a full allegiance to Italian wine. And I don't judge you for it, but... Well, part of the reason I'm here is because there's so much to Italian wine that I don't know, that I don't understand. And there's so many nuances um, when I've been studying and teaching, because I've been doing that for like, you know, forever at this point, um, I've been teaching for goodness, six years or so, somewhere in there. And I still feel like there's so many parts of Italian wine that are outside of my range of knowledge. Um, and so that's maybe part of why I don't reach for it. Mm-hmm. Maybe also because the Italian wine that's distributed um, in my region is lovely, but not the full extent of everything that could be available mm. and could be interesting. But I love high acid white wine, and so there's so much of that beautiful Italian high acid white wine. But generally speaking, I'll just get a bottle of champagne. I can't argue with you on that, <laughs> and you you know that I yes. would not turn down a bottle of champagne either. But no, that's that's absolutely valid. I think actually it's a really big topic, but it's true. It's like really where you're based and like what you have mm. access to, oh, and even sure. though you're a world traveler, it's still like conforms habits that you like know and like even if you work in the wine industry and just a little bit about Jess she you're like superwoman like she (laughs) has a full amazing day job and then she works part-time as a it's a W set you're you Mm -hmm. teach W set right yeah I teach WSET one two three and four um not all of diploma but different parts of diploma wow I teach champagne yeah fun things like Mm -hmm. that but I also teach central Italy and southern Italy And so especially spending time with those regions here at VIA has been really helpful to help me understand a little bit more, again, of the the nuance and then like of tasting these varieties that can sometimes just really all muddle together and be able to better explain to my students how to differentiate. Um, That's that's one of the biggest benefits of being here is to try to absorb some of those details from Sarah. Amazing. No, and it's, I mean... Italy, F, Italian wine, it's a lifelong pursuit. I mean, and even, not even Italian, that's like too big, yeah. you know, it's, and I mean, it's the reason a lot of us get down this rabbit hole is because you're like, ooh, another grape, ooh, another cool producer, oh, oh, another town, and then it's like, ooh, I can eat this with that, and the food, and that, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're just like five plates of gnocchi deep and like <laughs> trying some other crazy wine, but... So that's amazing. Um, so you're and you're based in Nashville, is that correct? Yeah, cool. in Tennessee. Did you have any issues getting here? Flight delays or your smooth this was sailing? Actually, the smoothest trip I've taken in forever. I had to make two connections, but beyond that, you know. Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show. Small town to small town, basically. Nashville to Verona is not going to be a direct route. So these interviews with VIA students are full of surprises because the other interview I did, 
she told me, like, she was excited about the exam. And I, you know, you rarely see someone, like, light up with joy about an exam. <laughs> and then you tell me you had the smoothest trip to Verona. Meanwhile, everyone else is like, I had two cancellations. Yeah. I had all these things. Or there's always something going wrong. And it's just, I love when people surprise me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> it, it was a welcome respite from really crappy travel that has been the rest of this year, basically. And last, like, three years, too, get, oh, we yeah. had the COVID thing in here. When yeah. I came for VIA, I had to do the COVID testing flight. Mm. And that was, like, I are you, okay, I'm going real off topic now. When you go to the airport, are you one of those people who arrives really early, right on time-ish? You got a good, like, you know, gauge, or are you a last-minute person? So I'm a pretty, pretty princess, and I like to go sit in the lounge. And so I get there early. And go through security and then have time to have a glass or three of champagne before I get on the flight. I see you working them points, yes. girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the status. Yeah. So. so I ask you that because what I was about to say about the COVID testing flights for us, all of us to remember, it's you had to be at the airport so early. Sure. And I'm like, I have like a very good sense for when to get to the airport. I'm more, I guess, on the last minute because I just don't like hanging in airports. Like I just, it's yeah. Even if I'm in the lounge, like it's nice if I have the time. But I'm like, I'd rather just get and be on my plane, and I I know I'll be fine. Yeah. And some people, you know, they like want to get. They have an eight p.m. flight. They go at like eight a.m. They're like crazy. No judgment to you guys. It just (laughs) you like to hang out at the airports. There, they're really updating the food there. Can be good people watching. Yeah, and if you're in like I don't know Singapore, where they have really cool airports, Mm -hmm. unlike Newark, New Jersey, EWR, that place can. There's a special... That place came... I don't know yeah. where EWR came from. Newark Liberty International. Any whoosies, yeah, that that was crazy just having to wait and t- get those tests. So I'm very grateful and yeah. very grateful to have you here. Smooth sailing to Verona. Now, this question, I guess, if you were an Italian grape, which one would you be and why? So when you sent me questions in advance, it just said if you were a grape. Oh... Because I don't think I'd be an Italian grape. Do I have to be an Italian grape? Well, if you look at the sign. Oh, fine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll give yeah, you yeah. a pass. I'll give you a pass. Yeah, I, I can I can work with it. I can work with it. Because I do want to know the other grape, too. Okay, well, I'll give you my other grape first. The Chenin Blanc. Hmm. Um, and I love Chenin Blanc. When I finished my diploma, I actually got a tattoo of a Chenin Blanc vine on my right leg. Six hours of joy for that. Um, but it's beautiful it makes me happy wow um but yeah but i love shannon because it's bright and high acid and exuberant but also there's some expressions of it that are really austere and subdued and i can lean toward being exuberant but also very introverted and so i feel like it's a good representation of uh my personality oh yeah so Hmm. but if i had to be an italian grape goodness Okay, yeah, I do. I would be frappato. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's relatively fruity and easy and low tannin and cheerful, and it just makes me smile. So I would Aww. like to make other people smile. That's sweet. Yeah. We, we do have a friend... Who <laughs> does have a nickname, Frabato? I was not with him when he got the nickname, so I... He, still, it was at Via that he got this yeah, nickname. I, 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 I was not there. That was before my time. So I feel like I can I can still claim Frabato without um, Camacho minding too much. I know. Shout out to Camacho. The o, he is the OG Frabato. He is the OG Frabato. Like, he is just... 
I I can't there I can't even explain why he's fit up out there. You have to meet him and just be he's in, sitting somewhere with a beer and, and a and Negroni. Negroni. <laughs> yeah, and having he's a great like, time. Exactly. Like if you look at your no matter where you are in this world, if it's five o'clock, Camacho is somewhere drinking a Negroni and having a beer. We love you, Camacho. Yes. <laughs> and and honestly, Camacho is the reason that we met. Yes. Because yes. Uh, we did the Orvieto ambassadorship together. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's some kind of magical elixir in that between the Negroni beer cerveza thing. Yeah. Or I think, yeah. Oh, the love for Camacho. Sadly, he's. I don't think he's coming for Vinitaly mm-hmm. this year. He might. I don't know. But moving on to Italian wine things. Woo. <laughs> Sorry. I'm very excited. I have this horrible thing where I laugh all the time and everyone probably hears it all the time on this podcast and I need to... It's charming. Is is it? Yes. Thank, thank you. Let's go with yes. Okay, I'm going to start <laughs> being very serious now. Okay. Next question. Next question. Let's go. Very Winston Churchill. <laughs> Let's talk about... So, Frappato. Tell me your, your favorite pairing. Food and wine pairing. Mm, um, so... A handful of years ago, I was in the Republic of Georgia, and I tried this thing. It's called a um, uh, hachapuri. It's mm-hmm. sold with a K. Oh, yes. And it's basically like cheesy bread. Um, but there's a type of hachapuri that is made in um, on the coast in like against the Black Sea, uh, closer to Turkey and Batumi, and it's called an injaran hachapuri. And it's this little boat um, made of dough with cheesy goodness inside and it's served like fresh out of the oven when you put a egg yolk on it and some butter and you mix it all together mm-hmm. and it's just amazing things anyway but it's cheesy and and um dense and amazing and that with sparkling wine with a blanc blanc champagne would be probably my first choice but if we were it's italian then probably a satin french accordo but something that had like that little softness to mm-hmm. it plus the acidity to kind of cut through would be Lovely. A boat of butter and cheese yeah. and egg with a great bottle of, like, Blanc de Blanc is just, I mean, what, like, Marie Antoinette would, like, resurrect from her grave without her head. She'd find it. And she, she, and she would come to your door. Absolutely. <laughs> She'd yeah. be like. Well, it's something I make at home, too, when I'm feeling very self-indulgent. Um, yeah. Once or twice a year, I'll make it. And it's. Fantastic. Yeah. Instead of let the meat cake, it should be let the meat cut from <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, that sounds divine. It's really uh, good. When did you go to Georgia? Mm, 2017? No, no, way before that. I don't know. A friend of mine was uh, working at the embassy in Tbilisi, and I went to stay with her for mm. a week or two. Yeah. I've never been there. It's lovely. I've heard great things. Oh, yeah. People are so generous and kind, and yeah, um, it was really great. Oh, gosh, there's so many places in this world. And then in Italy, it's, like, multiple little countries in one to explore that, like, I'm so dedicated and I'm like, oh, are there, are there other places? And I was like, ah, you know. But, you know, life is many chapters. God <laughs> knows one day I'll, like, turn a page, maybe end up in Tbilisi. Who knows? But anyways, important question to ask you. Given this is the Next Generation podcast, I'm sure you did your research because you seem very organized. She's like, sure. Ah, maybe. So the next generation, you know, we're seeing the new wave of the young Italian wine people you know, coming in, whether winemakers, retailers, and even drinkers. And, you know, with Via, Via is, is really, you know, as you've been doing the course, it's very rigorous, but it, it really opens you up to like the diversity and the approachability yeah. of Italian wine. Yeah. So with the education 
you're receiving from this course. How do you plan to, you know, spread the love of Italian wine with the younger generations? Or how do you think it can be in general, not just how you'll do it yourself, but for others? Um, yeah, um, the biggest, maybe the biggest takeaway from Via is the sense of community and the having that line in common with other people, the love of wine, be it uh-huh. Italian or not. Um, but just that sense of community that's fostered there. And I think that's so important um, with like the inclusivity of it and the diversity of students that are here from so many different countries, um, from so many different parts of the industry, and then just some enthusiasts as well. I just think that there's a richness to that. Mm-hmm. And if everybody kind of takes that back to their own communities and has a little bit of that energy mm-hmm. with it, I think that that could be um, really great to just get more people interested and feel comfortable with such a overwhelming topic yeah especially as you're saying like in Nashville and whatnot is like kind of introducing these um you have to kind of introduce it slowly and like in an approach in a way that match like it not matches in a way that complements like the culture of the space and like allows people to see like oh like I can relate to this you know I think a positive side of like the new generations and younger generations like social media and whatnot um, is that there is an increased relatability. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get into like how genuine that necessarily is, given it's mostly yeah. online. But there is that kind of like awareness and that like ability to connect with like people very different from you. Um, and like Italian wine, I mean, every, uh, yeah, Italian wine. I'm just thinking how like everyone does love Italian, not Italian things. It's very you know yeah. marketable. But like when you get into the details of it, that's when it gets. A little harder, but we can always make Italian wine sexy. Always. We don't need to make it sexy again because it was always sexy. <laughs> it right? never stopped being. <laughs> it never stopped being sexy. <laughs> Super. Well, thank you so much, Jess. Of course. For being me. on the podcast. Mm. You have any thoughts, comments, criticisms, last words before mm. you leave the bunker? <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me in the bunker. It's been great to chitty chat. It's been great to be here, Evia. I'm glad for the experience. Might be back again soon, depending on this exam goes tomorrow, but we'll see. Maybe right. expert. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I feel like you have some secret, like, W-set skill card, like, skills or cards that you're going to pull, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, just gets pinned, like, the pin. And you're like, like, I'm excited for the tasting. I feel like I, my calibration is overall pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's some things that, are, like, texture and those sorts of yeah. things that are, are new to me, but generally speaking, like, Calibration's pretty good. Uh, if they if the open-ended questions are like one of the two topics that I'm comfortable with, then I'm great, you know? And then we'll see if I can figure out who um Maria, whomever is on the multiple choice. <laughs> Meredith. Meredith. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. Thanks. As always, a big grazie for hanging out with me today. Remember you can catch me every Sunday on the Italian Wine Podcast. Available anywhere you can get your pods.